name is Nick. And I'm Damien. And you're listening to the EQIQ Podcast. This is where the independent scientist and biotech entrepreneur come to find new paths to success. Join us as we discuss strategies to launch your vision, grow your team's potential, and uncover hacks to push your career well beyond what you thought possible. And we are back. Welcome, everyone, to the EQIQ Podcast, Episode 7, Season 2. And I am Damien, and here is my co-host, Nicholas. Hello, everybody. And, of course, the main man steering this ship, the flight of the navigator, our boy, Pablo. What's up, Pablo? Mach 27, baby. Yes. <laughs> you guys are just stunned on that one. Had no, no rebuttal. Quite all right. I mean, these intros are getting very interesting. You know, I don't know how the <laughs> flight nav... Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys can uh, bring back some of the old school like stuff from when we were kids in the 80s. You guys never saw Flight of the Navigator? Of course, mm. yes. Yeah, it's it's, that needs to be a remake. Agreed. I mean, I, I go through nostalgia all the time. I love it. And one of the things that like I really love doing is just collecting old photos and pictures and looking through them and bringing back memories. But I think the part for me is that bringing back the feelings and emotions of those times were so great. Mm. So I don't know if you guys experienced some of those nostalgic feelings. I do with, you know, the um, I subscribe to the whole Apple family and um, I get the little reminders Mm -hmm. every day or every second or whenever it chooses to send them to you. You get like the pictures of on this day. That's the best part is when you get uh, on this day, remember and I think that has mm-hmm. been the best part for me is just the reminders going, oh, I remember when this happened. And this is probably a good segue into today's topic of discussion, journaling. Mm, we've skated around this topic. I, I know that the listeners don't know this, but we've had to purposefully like circumnavigate this just because we want to talk about it all the time because it is such a powerful tool that we use ourselves, uh, but also that we really push hard, sort of. Uh, we really try and encourage everyone that we work with uh, to actually journal themselves uh, for multiple, multiple reasons. Yeah, the reason why we do this is not necessarily for the therapeutic aspects of journaling, but much more for being able to effectively communicate, effectively communicate ideas, and more or less the ideas that Mm. are spontaneous, innovative, creative, these types of fleeting thoughts. The challenge is that most of these thoughts, they're kind of jumbled up with anxiety, emotionally fraught types of uh, thoughts as well. And the journaling helps get a lot of those ideas out. And so I know for myself, I have been journaling for probably almost close to a decade now, and probably in the past five years consistently every day. And one of the things that was a byproduct of it is being able to really hone in to the thoughts that I have on a regular daily basis and watch the patterns in and around it. And so Damien's journal is very impressive. (laughs) When you look at it, it is literally every day. I don't I don't know anybody myself included. I'm not every day. And we'll kind of get into that what journaling means for, for different people. But I think one of the things that I struggled with for a long time, because I was 
I don't want to say that I was outwardly and purposefully resistant, but I was for years. Uh, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, whatever. Sure. Fine. Yeah. The Damien always like, well, you know, you can kind of journal this. It'll work. I'm telling you. Sure enough. Um, I think this was at a very difficult time for our company last year, uh, where things were incredibly stressful with the pandemic and us having to figure out where and how we were going to pivot. At the time, it was just Damien and myself that were kind of launching this project. And it's like, okay, well, I kind of want to keep doing this. What if Damien doesn't want to? What am I going to do then? You know, the money, the the cost, you know, just because you're not working doesn't mean that the costs stop going away. Like you still need to eat, still need to pay rent. Um, and so it was during this time that for some reason, I remember the many, many times that Damien said, you know, I should really just journal this. And then I started. I work really well with triggers. I've talked about it before on, on other episodes. Uh, now I've done it so much that stress or anxiety, any type of label like that you want to put to, to those types of emotions actually triggers me to journal because the one-liner that I tell everyone, there's one person who is the most influential for you. And there's only one way to talk to that person. And it's through journaling because that one most influential person for you is actually yourself because you're the one that's going to decide everything that you're going to do. I'm glad that you've discovered it and experienced it. And I think that's the big part of it is experiencing it. And this is why and where we kind of encourage the journaling. The biggest influence is oneself. And so I did this retreat a long time ago, and one of the facilitators there made this comment. She said, if you're not aware of your thoughts you don't realize how much those thoughts influence your life. She goes, if you actually have heard somebody in real life talk the way you do to yourself, you'd be appalled. Most of us talk harshly and critically. Ah, God, I'm an idiot. Why did I do that? You're such a moron. And that is a majority of people who are creative, sensitive, innovative, all of these artist types of thoughts and minds. And particularly when we see even our clients who are artists in the right minds as well, these scientists that they're hypercritical, hyperanalytical, and they don't realize these thoughts are just coming in and out of their head without any kind of medium to facilitate, to understand these thoughts. They're more reactive to it. And journaling is one of the mediums that helps us to understand these thought patterns. It's kind of taking an analysis of weather patterns. So I always describe to our mm -hmm. clients that like your thoughts are like weather patterns. You're like clouds in the sky. And if you're not aware of your weather patterns, you'll end up doomed to kind of being at the behest of these patterns. And so getting it down on a on a journal helps us to track it to actually what Nick said earlier is to label it. Once there's a label in and around these emotions, you can start to understand where these emotions and triggers stem from, where they're coming from, and then be able to channel it. That's the biggest part from what we're interested in for our clients is how to channel those thoughts. There's so many, so many other areas in our lives where we're trying to get away from being reactive. You know, you think about it, budgets, you know, you try and predict the future to make sure that, that you have enough money to be successful. It's your lunch. <laughs> you plan on having lunch so that you don't get 
hungry at a time that it's not going to be convenient for you. This to me is a way to get ahead of those feelings. And I think saying that, you know, it's ideas coming in and out uncontrollably, right? It's a way to start to maybe not control those ideas, but at least have a grasp on the speed at which they're moving Mm -hmm. and then capture those good ones and letting go of the bad ones. Because all of a sudden you have this new tool that you're using to, instead of being reactive, you're being proactive about all these different, the, the variety of things that comes to mind. And it's amazing. It's kind of like the scale for understanding one's own mental growth. We had a client where we did a one-year analysis and she's been consistent with writing every day. And we look back a year ago at her journal entries and she's just started like crying out of joy because she goes, I can't believe this mental state that I was in during that time. I barely even recognize that person. I'm much more aware of my thoughts before they run away from me now. And it's good to know when I see that, she says, it reminded me of when I was trying to lose weight and then seeing, she says, seeing my former fat pants and then it's knowing like, wow, that used to be a different person. And it helped her to experience a sense of self-worth and kind of self-pride and to help eliminate a lot of that imposter syndrome. And she goes, that's, those are my thoughts. Those are my ideas. Those are the things that I had believed at that time, but I no longer believe. And I think that is just a very good self-reflexive tool to help one to kind of understand the their own mental growth. And it's hard in the moment. Don't get me wrong. It's always hard, especially in intense areas. Uh, Lord knows I journaled a lot during the middle of the pandemic. But as cathartic as it was, you get a lot of good practical and executable, actionable steps out of it. And that's... Oh my God, yes. I think that is for our audience there who look at these types of esoteric, abstract, emotional, touchy-feely, soft skills as what are the practical (laughs) applications. And part of it is these ability to have an idea, to be inspired by that idea, and then to know what actions to take upon those ideas in a very methodical and productive manner. And out of journaling, you can see it and then start putting little checklists, checkboxes, and it reminds you of that time and moment. So you're not so much like lost. It's kind of like what Nick's saying earlier. You're planning your meal, like you kind of like, ooh, I want a burger. So you write down, I want a burger. And you go later on, you're like, what did I want? Burger. And so these are the restaurants to buy. These are the different types of things that you want. And I think this is the practical aspects of journaling. That's one of my favorite things about journaling. Yeah, I'm uh, I if you've listened to any other of the podcasts, you'll you'll definitely know that Damien is more the the conceptual big thinker and I'm more of the process driven like stepwise and for me, you know, when I think of journaling, now it is transformed into a way for me to be productive. If you think of other difficult situations that people tend to struggle with, especially what comes to mind is like imposter syndrome. What tends to happen is you have a bunch of anxieties over whatever the situation is. And then the next time that that situation comes up, you fall back into that same 
spot and you just replay the same things. And then the next time that that situation comes up, you do the exact same thing. Well, what journaling really provides for you is this way of taking a step forward or taking five steps forward in experiencing whatever that situation is in the way that you do, but then by marking it down, by having that conversation with yourself, you get to start thinking about it and you get to start analyzing it. And whatever it, whatever you wrote down yesterday or the last time this happened, you can go back and sort of like when you hear about the AA meetings or when people get together to try and, and solve some sort of problem, you know, the first step is to identify that there is a problem. And then all of a sudden you get to take that step and you get to identify it, that thing, you get to label it. And we talk about labeling a lot because as soon as you label it, you're defining it. And as soon as you start defining it is when you can start pulling it apart. And especially for the scientists that we work with and for, they get to start looking at the different building blocks of what that is and start pulling those things apart and start optimizing them for what they actually want. So if it's anxiety around something, you get to start diving into that and figuring out what is it about being on stage that is actually making you anxious? Or what is it about that networking event that you're walking into that feels uncomfortable? I'm glad that you talked about in and around the anxieties or even uh, some of the other aspects of dealing with these emotional challenges like AA. Don't get us wrong. There are so many other tools and strategies for helping in and around mental health from talk therapies to even people exercising or meditating. However, I wanted to narrow in and around journaling because Nick put it uh, best. It's the actual act of labeling these thoughts and emotions helps us to like, for lack of a better term, start tracking data. And we're thinking about it from a scientific perspective perspective, we are taking these thoughts, emotions, and feelings, these triggering aspects of ourselves and putting labels onto it. And then we're collecting data, data of your mind and thoughts. And then you get to look back on it, do the analysis to see in and around why you label your thoughts and emotions. And the act of doing that allows you to sit there and measure where your growth is or where your recessions are, and then be able to then say, okay, these are the instances. And then for lack of better run tests on oneself. So on this day, I reacted. Make progress. Yeah. (laughs) And then be able to say it. I think for those that are highly intellectual, those within the intellectual field, we have this like nine and a half pound gray matter sitting in our skull, but nobody really takes stock on how to actually use it to exercise it to actually keep it healthy. And if we don't do that, we are actually doomed to be at its behest. Like I always tell people, the mind makes an amazing servant, but a horrible master. And so <laughs> if we're not aware of what it's doing, then we're, we're doomed to kind of repeat these anxiety looping thoughts. Now, don't get us wrong, There are other genuine mental health issues and stuff that people are uh, challenged with. And this is not to replace actual clinical therapies and people that actually can uh, would definitely get good service and support from these clinical aspects or any kind of other mental challenges people have. But for those that are trying to have and create much more of a productive life in and around your business, in and around your science, in and around your team development, as a leader... And this is a tool to help you to hone this skill in around balancing your own emotions and your passions with what you're doing with the actual intellectual and practical action-taking side of ourselves. And I think that 
it's a good way of being able to look at it from an evidence-based perspective as well. So you can sit there and say, oh, I know where these thoughts come from. I know where this, this is a great idea. I now know this is not a great idea and so forth and so forth. Right. I think especially when, when we talk about journaling and, and sort of just the, the beginnings of our conversation, it's not always because there's an issue that you do these things either or to prevent one. Damien will tell you about the phone conversations that we've had where he doesn't say a word because I am a a verbal processor when I need to work things out. Oftentimes I, I do need input from other people, but sometimes it's just a matter of laying it all out there and talking it out. And I think one of the best tools that that journaling has become for me is this way to process these ideas without needing somebody else there. Because really what we're actually trying to get at is just processing things for ourselves and explaining it out loud as a way to, to just process that. And now we have so many, so, so many incredible tools at our disposal. Journaling Classically, everyone thinks, you know, pen and paper, Uh, but that is not true anymore. Mm -hmm. My journal is completely digital and I do not write a word because I dictate it. And, you know, I've come up with some rules around sort of how I do things. You know, I don't necessarily go back and read my journal entries. You know, it pops up and reminds me that, you know, on this day last year. (laughs) But another big thing that I had to get away from, again, you know, the listeners of our podcast will know that I also call myself a recovering perfectionist. And one of the things that I had to get away from was actually correcting, you know, the sentence structure or Mm -hmm. the punctuation in my journal. And now I'm sure there are sentences in my journal entries that make no sense because Siri, uh, not a paid advertisement, does not understand completely what it is uh, I put in there. But that's not the point. The point is not to go back and reread it. The point is to enter that information and, and really actually not enter it, but actually get it out. Of, of my head. I'm glad that you're talking about getting it out of one's head. I am constantly telling clients that the thoughts that are in our head are circling through there and it needs an outlet. It needs to come out, especially if it's on repeat. You don't realize where it's coming for, why it's coming. Yeah. But once you get it out and you can see it on a piece of paper, it becomes like kind of like a throwaway. Uh, you're like, okay, I can now no longer kind of think about that. And this was one of the ways of being able to sit there and and like express oneself. And so it comes through some of our coaching clients that I meet with them. I don't necessarily like say anything, but just hear them out and try to repeat what they said acting as that facilitator of a journal. And they're like, oh yeah, that is what I'm like. I guess, wow, that does sound kind of mm. crazy when I say it that way. And I'm like, well, I'm just hearing what you were saying, I'm not judging or labeling it, but I'm just understanding what you were articulating. It is right there that our clients have to realize as leaders, we have to articulate or explain or characterize our vision of what we want in the future in a way that people can understand and then enact, take action on. If it doesn't make sense or it's there's no understanding there, it's difficult to understand to like, all right, am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? Am I doing what you want me to do or not want me to do? But if you're not clear in one's head, 
How do you expect the other person to be clear in their head? Journaling allows you to kind of like first get it clear in your head. One of the things that I really love about new technologies this day is like what Nick was saying is being able to capture the spoken word through dictation. And the other side of it is uh, having the text read back to you so you can hear it. Oh, yeah. It's the audible side of it going, oh, that's not necessarily how it sounds like in my head, but it's clearly what you wrote down. And so allows you to kind of like reword it in a way that makes much more sense. Because the act of doing journaling on a daily basis, you just get better at doing it. You just get better at understanding those thoughts, understanding what you want, what you don't want, and being able to label much more clearly. And so you it's just like when you hear somebody say a certain word, you go, oh, I like that word. I didn't know that that's a good word. Like my word when I was a kid was the word copacetic. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, <laughs> there was this old song and it, was, uh, it went, it, one of the words was copacetic in it. And I was like, what is that word? And I asked somebody, they're like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of like happy, but not really happy. It's kind of like, you're okay, but melancholy. And I just read up on it and I was like, huh, I'm kind of copacetic. That's a good label. It was a good label to label an emotion that I had at a certain point in time. It wasn't quite happy. It wasn't quite sad. It wasn't quite melancholy. It was copacetic. And the word there allowed me to use that vernacular much more frequently and uh, effortlessly. And that's the whole point of us is using the words to label certain concepts or certain ideas in a way that can communicate effectively to people. And journaling just does a good job at it. Any writer, any prolific writers out there, you just kind of already inherently know this, but those of us that only write for technical reasons, this becomes more elusive because what you're doing is just writing technical aspects. But once you start writing for emotional aspects, you start to create the connection between two. Nick, on the, between the both of us, is highly more highly technical. He's the chemical engineer between us. And so he knows this instinctively when you write technically, it it's very accurate and precise. There's not a whole lot of emotions there, but imagine when you do have the emotions and it's accurate and precise. What's well, the the difference between writing something that is clear to you already versus writing something that's not clear to you? And I think that's probably one of the bigger difficulties that most aren't necessarily aware of um, is that it is a different kind of writing and sometimes you just need to put something down which you know just to slip in a, a shameless plug is really what we do with our clients is journaling is one of those tools that we instill in or try to instill in everyone that we work with because our goal is not to be with you the whole time right it's to to provide you with the tools and mechanisms that you need to continue being effective without us being there you know whether it be through coaching you know at the very beginning you know coaching very much is like a journal entry mm -hmm. but eventually it becomes the analysis part of the journey, mm -hmm. especially if we're talking about sort of more longitudinally where you can look back at, you know, last year where you were at and seeing that that progress. But again, sort of getting back to the point where by bringing these things out, at least for yourself, you can make progress on them. And we've talked a lot about the benefits and sort of why you would want to start. But I think what would be really effective for us right now is to just talk about 
getting stuck or getting started. Yes. Um, <laughs> because I know, I know for me, I don't necessarily uh, just to get back to the triggers. It, I have a dog and I walk my dog every day and uh, I work with triggers really well. And there's a specific spot on our walk where, you know, it's just a regular loop that we go on. And in that spot, I know I pull out my phone, open up the journal app and start there. And if I don't have a particular anxiety or a problem that I'm trying to solve, like <laughs> I think last week, yeah, it's right now it's the end of the quarter. And uh, last week I was just working out numbers. And so my journal entry is just bullet points of, of numbers that I was trying to think about. But again, identifying that I was thinking about the same numbers over and over and over and over without really making any progress. So it's okay, like let's, let's put those down somewhere. And then that way I can actually use those as a foundation and then, you know, move to at least the next step, whatever that step is. I'm glad that you mentioned that the, uh, some of the practical applications or the steps to just getting it started. Like one of the things we always recommend is just try to write something every day for seven days. Just do it for seven days. That's your main goal. Write something down every day for seven days. And then if you can be successful at that, go write something down for 20 minutes every day for seven days. Mm -hmm. The actual act, you don't want to sit there and try to hit something super perf perfect. Because I think that's the part is that like people, they say, oh, I didn't write everything down for seven days. I'm like, no, you don't have to write something now. Just try. See if you can do it for seven days. If you miss, you, if you miss, say, two out of the seven days, or if you miss, like, say, five out of the seven days, but you wrote something down two, two times, then absolutely, that's great. Maybe you wrote two words. Great, you did it. And then try it again. But if now the next following week, you got, now you put three journal entries. Bravo, that's awesome. And then the week after that, you write now four five, seven, it's in consecutive, you start to see that you are actively, proactively getting better. And what Nick called earlier is these creating these triggers. And so you're starting to recognize these patterns. We always use, uh, get our clients to recommend them using their their technology, whether that you just pull up a Word document or a Google Sheets or uh, um, one of the little note-taking apps. We always recommend using uh, Day One. We're not actually being sponsored by Day One by any chance, but we love Day One in a way because it allows you mm, to... It's my favorite. Yeah, it allows you to kind of record or if you want to do a video, if you want to do a voice recording, you want to do dictation. And uh, for me, I like it because I use pictures and imageries to describe how I feel. So I'll do a quick video search or take a pic photo of something and put it into there. And it allows me to see and and keeps track of it. Not to mention it's it's hyper secure, so your thoughts are your own. But the biggest the biggest thing is to get something that can help you to create some of your own personal triggers that wants you to keep going. And the last part I wanted people to connect and let people know is this concept of clarity. And so people always say, I want clarity, but the idea of what clarity means is so individualistic. What you might deem clear may be completely unclear to somebody else. And so it's much less about seeking clarity as this sense of feeling of like peace, ease, zen, this what I call the eureka metrics going, oh, I get it. <laughs> 
This is my favorite moment. That. Oh, I get it. It's that emotion that people are seeking. We label that clarity, or I call it the Eureka metrics. And journaling allows you to combine that feeling with a label. And that label anchors you in so you can find that feeling again, again. And you get better at feeling that Eureka metrics and going that clarity feeling. And this is what journaling does. It gives you that clarity, that sense of like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been searching for in my mind this entire time. And you do this over and over again. You just get better at finding that, that quote, clarity or Eureka. And you get, you just get more effective at it. And I would argue that it's not just about getting that eureka moment. There's a lot of fulfillment that comes with knowing that you're getting closer to figuring it out, which again, getting it down, getting it out, putting it somewhere, you know, in this case, it's journaling, being able to do that and then feeling the progression from that point instead of starting back where you were before Mm -hmm. is maybe not just as fulfilling, but definitely is helpful in in getting you to those eureka moments. Yeah. So again, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up. I'm a big, huge fan of it, clearly, but it's actually also applicable, practical, and useful. I think that if you can give yourself some time to give it a try and execute on it, you'll start to see a lot of the results fairly quickly within a matter of weeks and months. But it's the consistency of it that yields huge amounts of like returns and not just uh, not just scientifically, even financially. And I think that uh, if we're trying to put some Uh, time and money metrics to it. So think about how much time we waste worrying and suffering and anxieties in and around a a, a good scientific idea that might be a breakthrough instead of like allowing yourself to come up with new creative ideas and stay on that path. And then you'll get more useful ideas and data much sooner, quicker without stumbling on yourself. And I think the journaling will help Mm -hmm. you to kind of seek that clarity on how to best execute on that and keep it simple you know if it's a a pen and paper that works best for you do that Uh, if it's dictating that works better for you do that Uh, if it's writing about your emotions at that very moment and that's all you can think about putting down do that a lot of people overcomplicate this habit that you're that we're trying to establish uh, because if you're really going to see the true benefits of it Uh, You do need to get to some level of consistency with it and just find what works best for you, what is easiest for you, whether that be something on your phone or on your laptop or post-its, I don't know, whatever you want. The point is that you do something and that is the most important one. We do this type of thing day in, day out. This is really, truly our bread and butter at EDC. And if you're interested in just having a conversation about this, getting a few tips, feel free to reach out to either Damien, myself, or the rest of our team. Uh, You can reach us on the website. That's experimental-designs.com. 
Uh, you can reach us at any of the podcast streaming platforms. Uh, you'll find our information in the show notes or at any of the events that we're going to be at. Damien and I are going to be starting to do a lot of talks in and around uh, the West Coast and then slowly making our way over to the East Coast during the summer. So come out and say hi and we'll be more than happy to talk to you and give you a few tips uh, and even schedule a call if that's what you want. Yes, thank you, Nick. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to the EQIQ podcast. I am Damien and with my co-host, Nicholas. And I'm Nick. And take it away, Pablo. Thank you so very much. And this has been the EQIQ Podcast. I thought I just said that, didn't I? Boom. This was a Raul Maria production.